It's a Bill King show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. in 15 minutes. Buck back with us. He's been traveling. Last couple of weeks, business, holidays with family, all that good stuff. But he's back with us this morning. Looking forward to talking to Buck. Top of hour two, Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. We'll talk Georgia with him. Georgia-Alabama SEC Championship game. Much anticipated Matchup, huge matchup, big, big ramifications in that ball game. Not that I agree with that, because I think Georgia ought to be in no matter what, but that might not be trending that way if they were to lose. Don't necessarily think they're going to lose, but that should be an outstanding matchup between a rising Alabama team since that USF game, that USF game on the road where they did the quarterback experimentation, it was ugly, it was not pretty, no style points, all those things aesthetically that people want. That team has improved remarkably since then. But we'll talk to Griff, top of hour two. And Gator Dave, Gators Breakdown, we'll talk with our good friend Gator Dave down in Duval County, down in Jacksonville, Florida, in hour two as well. 615-844-5600. On Twitter, at King, and you can email King 7 at gmail.com. Couple of interesting notes. With the transfer portal opening on Monday. Now, you can announce whenever you feel like it. The official portal entry is Monday, but you've got players announcing. Heck, they announced weeks back, but this week, heading into Monday, Notre Dame had a couple of them. One was their starting center, Zeke Correll. And 
and another was a jack-of-all-trades master of none, Chris Tyree. Zeke Carell's pretty good offensive lineman. If somebody's needing a center or an interior offensive lineman, I think he's going to be pretty popular in the transfer portal. He will not have trouble finding a, a home. They had to play another center when Zeke Carell went down a couple of weeks ago with an injury, and they played a young man named Ashton Craig and then an offensive guard named Billy Shrouth because of a couple of injuries, and those guys actually played pretty well. I don't know if that's it or what, but Zeke Carell is transferring. And, again, I think he's going to be popular in the portal. And Chris Tyree, who signed out of Virginia with Notre Dame as a running back, was was moderately good. He was always advertised as a speed back. And his speed's pretty good. It's a bit overrated when you talk about football functionality. This year they were playing a wide receiver, and obviously they like those young receivers better than they like him. They've got young receivers, that Fajon kid who came predominantly to be a lacrosse player has become a playmaker for them. Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse, that group they like better than the older, more mature wide receivers there at Notre Dame. Chris Tyree, football functionality-wise, there's a misnomer out there about speed, timed speed, as it necessarily applies to the football field in a football game with a uniform on and dudes chasing you. Track speed is a good thing. You want folks to be fast. Nobody's arguing that. But how that applies to the football field is not necessarily the same measurement. It might be, but it might not be. And Chris Tyree on the football field is not a devastating speed guy. He's pretty good. He's a smaller back, about 5'10". What is he, 5'10", 190? He'll be a nice addition for somebody, but he's not a guy you can feature. He's not a feature player. He's not a guy that you can give the ball to and just say, go get him. Just go make plays, go get him. He's just not. And his speed is a tad bit, just a tad bit. He does have speed, but a tad bit overrated as it applies to green grass. That's not a big loss. That is a solid ball player that somebody will get who can be a solid contributor that is not a big loss. But it's it's going to be stories like that, names like that, that you're going to hear about with the portal situation coming up on Monday. It's, it's going to be very interesting because you now can somewhat reshape your roster outside of recruiting high school kids. Just from the portal. You, you, you absolutely can. And this next six weeks, this next month, is 
going to be fun. The dates for SEC schedules are out. That happened yesterday. ESPN put those out. Yeah, ESPN put those out. And some interesting games. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. This came up a bit on Monday. Miami and Florida open up against each other. Notre Dame opens up against Mike Elko in College Station. Most games are both on August 31st. Few other games here. The Georgia-Alabama game, which is at Alabama next year, regular season. I'm not talking about this Saturday's game. I'm talking about regular season is September the 28th. Josh Heupel travels to his alma mater where he played as a star quarterback and coached as offensive coordinator on September the 21st. Tennessee at Oklahoma, September 21st. Georgia, how about this, goes to Texas October 19th. This could be two playoff teams from the previous season going at it. Could be. Possible. Alabama, Tennessee is October 19th. Nothing new there. Nothing startling there. Texas at Arkansas is middle November, November 16th. Alabama finishes their season. At Oklahoma, November 23rd, and then the next week, home to Auburn. Texas and Texas A&M finish. That's very fitting. Yes. Add that to rivalry weekend next year. Texas, Texas A&M at College Station, November the 30th. How about that? Add that rivalry that has been resuscitated to your list of, oh my gosh, look at rivalry weekend, rivalry Saturday, and all that. Thanksgiving, obviously, the Egg Bowl, and everything else that goes into the last regular season weekend. How about that? Tom in Myrtle Beach wants to get things going with his own man-made rumor. Rumor is, Bill, Ryan Day is getting courted by the Carolina Panthers and possibly the Bears. Then he says, Bill, I might have started this rumor. Might have. Might have gotten this one going. Ryan Day is an interesting study. How many coaches, and I'm not saying this to be critical, if fans don't like him because he's losing the Michigan game, so be it. doesn't matter to me. But how many coaches get up every day winning almost every game they coach except for one and feel the duress of it? That's just the nature of that rivalry. I get it, right? Ryan Day 
beats almost everybody he coaches against, certainly in his league. First and foremost, your job is your league. After that, you advance, right? But but inside your league, that's what you deal with 90-something percent of your career. What do you do in your league? This guy has beaten everybody he's played in his league every time he's played anybody in his league except Michigan. Nobody's beaten Ryan Day. I'm talking about in the league. I'm not talking about the Georgia game last year or what have you. Inside the league. But he can't beat that one team, which is demanded upon him. Historically, it's a demand. You win that game. Urban Meyer win that game. Okay, I'll do it. Sweater vest. Win that game. Okay. I hear you. Brian Day gets up every day knowing that he's doing a good job, except it's not good enough. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. How about that? Buck when we come back. Charles Arbuckle. Good morning. Looks like a minor wreck pulled over to the side on 24 westbound just past 440 as that traffic starts to load up now on 24 west coming out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro up through the Hickory Hollow area, passing Bill Road. Traffic looks good right now coming in from Wilson County. Just a little bit of radar spotted earlier in parts of Wilson and Smith County this morning. Don't miss it this holiday season. Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. Check them out online at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Bob Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern prime beef. The menu formula is simple. Incredible meat, gigantic shrimp, fabulous salads, and decadent desserts. Start your experience at Bob's with the fried calamari or fresh scallops seared in Texas burnt honey. All the beef at Bob Steak and Chop House are USDA prime cuts. From the traditional fillet of tenderloin and ribeye to the adventurous Kansas City bone-in strip. They even have two different surf and turf options. And if you're looking for the other white meat, Bob Steak and Chop House serves a dry-aged pork tomahawk with homemade applesauce. Fresh seafood is on the menu from salmon to scampi and even fresh lobster tail. For reservations, give them a call or log on to the Omni Nashville Hotel website. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. 
As a Middle Tennessee-based company, Strike and Spare Family Fund Centers is committed to helping our community. This November, we are honoring our local veterans. Strike and Spare is partnering with We Are Building Lives, a local foundation dedicated to helping veterans get back on their feet. So far, more than 1,100 homeless veterans have been helped off the streets through the We Are Building Lives Foundation. During November, for every $5 donation made to We Are Building Lives, Strike and Spare will give you a free game of bowling. Visit any of our five area Strike and Spare centers to donate or visit strikeandspare.com to donate today and help our heroes find a way home. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Yeah, I lose to Alabama, I'm depressed. Boom. Well, I just didn't expect the collapse when you get excited in the first half. Yeah, yeah halftime, you were probably dancing. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, it was kind of depressing. I don't think it's because Vols fans were like, we lost in Tuscaloosa? Like, so disappointing. It's really about what happened, right? It was like two different games. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. King is the king of college football and his sample size is large. Just ask him. Here in just a second, Charles R. Buckle. Top of hour two, Griff will be with us. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, covers Georgia, has another Alabama-Georgia game coming up on Saturday. Gator Day, hour two. Tomorrow, let me go ahead and plug away. Johnny Crawford will be with us. If you have any video officiating items for Johnny that you want him to disseminate, Send them to me so I can go ahead and send them to him. I've got a couple already on his desk that he's going to look at and judge for us. But if you have anything else that you want him to take a look at, Johnny Crawford, longtime SEC official, many decades as an SEC official, send them, and then I'll pass those over there. Charles Arbuckle with us. Buck's been traveling the last couple of weeks, but we have him back. Always good to have him talking college football with us. Buck, I want to go back. A couple of weeks ago, I would have asked you, when those rumors hit about Chip Kelly perhaps losing his job, and then, of course, right after that, he he beat Southern Cal handily. Were those rumors legit? Was there anything to that? Yeah, they were legit, Bill. Um, you know, I think there was some uh, – after the way they played against Arizona and Arizona State – I think there were some folks that were not happy with not the def- not the defense, but the offense. And the defense has played actually pretty well. De'Anton Lynn has done a nice job, probably one of their better defenses in the last five to seven years. But offensively, they just weren't getting things done. And against SC, it was a totally different team. And then you come out against a bad Cal team and lay another egg. So I think the SC game – probably, you know, made it, it was enough because there was talk before the SC game that they had played poorly that that could happen. And so, yeah, I think there was some legitimate things. Uh, I don't think it was just a, a bunch of fodder for talk, and then you saw all these other jobs that, that become open as well. But that Southern Cal game, did that fix everything? 
No, I, I think it it put uh, mascara on a pig. I think really um, it fixed it in the sense that now they don't have to make any moves. But the concern, I think, Bill, is are they going to continue to play this way? Is Dante Moore, who I think his confidence is shot, going to be able to stay? Uh, you know, can they pay him enough in NIL? I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that are just a little bit disconcerting. And and the one thing is, in this hiring cycle, the one name you kept hearing for UCLA was Jonathan Smith. You know, I don't know how legitimate that was, but I think it was pretty legitimate because he was a, he's a Pasadena guy. He was at Oregon State. He knew that Oregon State wasn't going to go to the next, you know, uh, they were they were not going to have a home, so to speak, in a, as a Power Five conference so he ended up going to michigan state i think there was some legitimate discussion about his name you know there were other names that were brought up i don't know how serious it got i don't know how far they got along in those discussions but now you go through another cycle you're already starting to lose some kids in the recruiting um you know in the transfer portal and you're gonna have to recruit a lot better to go in the big 10 i mean that that's been the one i mean if there's one knock on chip that i've had is that I don't see them recruiting the kind of kids that you're going to have to compete at the Pac-12 consistently. Like, you know, they've won seven, eight games, nine games, but I'm saying win at that top level, you're going to have to go get some of those top kids. And not that his staff doesn't want to, but I don't know if he always does. And the way they've done with the transfer portal, they've been pretty successful getting some guys in. Uh, some Ivy League guys, some guys that have played one or two years other places and come in and play well. I mean, Latu is a UW player who ended up not not sure if he was going to ever play again. He's probably one of the best defenders they've had in, in a decade since the bar, you know, since Barr and Kendricks and those guys. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's, 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 it's it's interesting what's going on at UCLA right now. And I think if you look across the street, the same thing at USC. USC – Bill, if you watch their defense, they don't look like a G5 team from the standpoint of size and girth and the ability to play. So both the L.A. schools look like they're limping into the Big Ten instead of going in there really ready to fire on all cylinders. Ben, some quarterbacks already say they're transferring. Portal begins on Monday. Will Rogers, Mississippi State, Tyler Van Dyke, Miami. There'll be others. Do you think Dante Moore is going to join that group? The way his body language and just how he looked, man, he didn't he didn't look like he had a lot of confidence. And you know, the things that were happening for him as a young kid, it just it didn't he didn't look good from a sense of does he feel comfortable and confident? So I wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, I hope not because I think he's got a bright future. It's just a matter of you know, since Chip was in these discussions this year, does that mean that'll happen again? Yes, year next year, if they don't win. If they win six or seven games, it's going to happen again next year. If they win nine or ten, then that's a different conversation because then they're winning and they're going into Penn State and going to other places that they haven't played before and they're having some success. Charles Arbuckle with us. Buck, A&M's got their new coach, Mike Elko. Now, that had been discussed. Not a big shock there. Sounds like they had decided at least – Initially, to hire Coach Stoops at Kentucky, couldn't get the board to approve it because of pressure with social media. But but roundabout way, Elko, I think it's a pretty good hire. Do you? Do you like that hire? I do like that hire. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that this morning. I knew we were going to talk about some of the new hires. If we go back in a year, 
how many of these that we said are good hires actually worked out to be good hires, right? Yeah. But I, I think when you look at Elko, you have to if you're going to be a Texas A&M head coach, you've got to know the lay of the land there. Uh, even if you know he was an assistant, he wasn't a head coach, but he went to Duke and did a really nice job at Duke. I think uh, defensive minded guy, but has enough understanding of having an explosive offense. Uh, will Riley Leonard transfer with them? I don't know. I mean, you know, th- there's a lot of different factors, but he knows what he's dealing with at A&M. It's a, it's a rabid fan base that hasn't won a national championship since 1939 or something like that. And I think they expect to win a national championship every year. Understand. And here's the thing with the Stoop situation. I didn't think that was as good a fit as Elko would be, but I didn't like how all that went down with – it was. It almost reminded me of that same thing at Tennessee. We've seen it o- over the years where coaches kind of it leaks out there that hey, this is a guy that's coming, and then the people just go absolutely nuts, and they make the decision for the administration and everyone else. I think Elko is the right decision, but I just think the way that happened with A and M, I didn't like. I didn't like that at all. And and I think Stoops is in the best place that he's going to be, but I also think Mike Elko ends up landing in a better spot for him as well. Charles, i Buckle with us. Let's get to some of these championship games. Alabama, Georgia going at it again, Buck. Oh, man. You got, you know, you got Jalen Miro finally starting to play like I think Alabama wants him to, right? And it's not always pretty, but they're getting it done. And then Georgia, they've just been methodical down the stretch. You haven't heard a whole lot about them, but they, they finally look like they got some weapons on the outside. Uh, they got a quarterback who I think you know, it's playing a lot better than we're giving them credit for. And that defense, just how salty do they stay? On um, You know, both defenses actually have started to play pretty well down the stretch as well. Alabama struggled a little bit against Auburn, but Auburn, I think, threw a lot at them. Uh, I'm interested in this game. I, you know, I, I don't think it's just a cakewalk for Georgia. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm going to be locked into it as well. I mean, Buck, you're talking about dude on dude in this game, right? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that that's the thing. You know, Kirby has been the only one to kind of f- figure out the Nick Saban kryptonite, as well as now uh, Sark, when Sark beats Alabama in in Tuscaloosa. But Kirby is the one that consistently has been able to, to, to figure out the Rubik's Cube that is uh, Nick Saban because he's got dudes. I mean, he's got dudes that can play now. And uh, even if the receiving core is not the best, they still get it done, and defensively, man, they just – it seems like you look up on tape, like, man, who was this kid? Well, he was the backup to, to this guy who was the first-round pick. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> so they've got guys that can play on both sides, man, and it, it's going to be a, a physical, tough, typical SEC knock, your, knock, knock each other around kind of game, and I'm excited about it. Buck. I know the audience wants to hear your thoughts on that Michigan-Ohio State game. Oh, man. Um, well, I'll I, I say this. Ryan Day, as great a coach as he's been in the Big Ten and beating others, hadn't figured – the last three years has been interesting to see how they've struggled against Michigan. But Michigan, I think, has finally figured out they've got some dudes up front. They've got some guys that can play. And no matter what happens with Harbaugh and all the other – extraneous stuff, they've been able to keep guys focused. That whole Michigan versus everybody, I think Jim almost liked that, right? You know, you sometimes you think, 
well, this is going to distract the team. No. I mean, you got Sharon Moore who's either going to take the Michigan job when Jim leaves or if Jim stays or if they decide something else, he's got an opportunity to be a head coach. All that crying and everything, you know, I mean, Jim is not – they made themselves to be out <laughs> the victim in this, which is fine. But I think the other thing about it, Ohio State has to be disappointed that they couldn't take advantage of it with the guys that they had this year, especially Marvin Harrison Jr. and some of the others. So I, I just think, you know, you know what's coming at you. J.J. McCarthy has started to really play well for them. And Blake Quorum, Quorum was just phenomenal running the football. And that offensive line, you lose a guy, you still got other guys that can play. So I think that Michigan-Ohio State game was just – it was a great football game to watch. I was getting ready for my FCS champions, uh, playoff game with North Dakota State and Drake, so I was watching it, but I couldn't watch it as intently. But when I went back to watching on tape, man, it was, it was everything that was advertised. Jim and Jupiter says, Bill, ask Buck about Florida. They just – fired two of their assistants on defense, but the defensive coordinator, the young coordinator, Austin Armstrong, gets to stay. He wants to know why is that. Yeah, prob- um, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those situations where they have to have some some guys, guy or two fall on the sword in order for the that guy to stay. And whatever position group has probably played the poorest, which they think would be those two particular assistants, those are the ones that will go. If he decides, no, I can't let those guys go, then he would have gone and the whole staff would have been that way. I think the interesting thing with with them is that it is interesting to see what's going to happen with that with that ball club. You know, because you've got, a, you've got a guy in Billy Napier who I think is a really good recruiter, a really good coach, but can he overcome some of the things that we've seen in that conference? Uh, you know, now that he's moved to the new conference. He's got a, a five-star quarterback out of Willis, Texas. Can't think of the kid's name, but I saw him on tape, Bill, and he's he's legit. But with all that said, are they going to be able to hold on and are they going to be able to win enough for Billy Napier to make it? That That's that's what's interesting to me. I have no clue. I just think he better get us turned around right away because if he doesn't, you know, Florida fans aren't going to stand for that uh, – they're not gonna. That's a. They're not gonna be a fan base that's gonna sit back and wait. And uh, I think that they got to move quickly. And that's probably why you saw those two assistants gone, and they decided to keep the defensive coordinator. Sounds up, Buck. With us, Buck. When I was looking at the spreads for these league championship games, Oregon is favored by almost ten points over UW. How about you that? You know what? That 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 shocked me, Bill, because I don't usually look at the spread, but right. Vegas knows something. They always have a have a have something figured out. I will say this: UW hasn't played as well down the stretch, and they've had to really struggle to win games. Whereas Oregon has been explosive, but I I don't see a ten point differential between those two. If it, if you had said three or seven, but even the last game that that Oregon, I mean Washington played, they were the underdog in that game. Was it that game or the game before? It was something game where before. you were like, yeah. yeah, the game before. And so, like, why? But, yeah, I think Penix looked like he was dinged up in the in the last game late. And Washington sometimes refuses to run the football when you think they should. Now, they've got some great receivers, man. So, it's hard not to get not, – not to be upset when, uh, you know, Duze and all the other guys on the outside are making plays. But – 
they're going to have to run the football against Oregon. And Oregon's going to make it tough for them. So I'm interested to watch that game. I don't, I don't see it being a 10-point game. But if Oregon wins, man, that, that changes some dynamics in, in people's college football playoffs. Buck, we have about a minute. Since Vince Young and Colt McCoy, for over 10 years, we hear repeatedly Texas is back, and then they disappoint us. They're 11-1. and one. They're playing in the last league championship game that they'll ever be in in that league, right? They're leaving, Oklahoma leaving. Is Texas back? Yeah. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic to say they're back. They look good this year, but I'm not going to – until I see them – in the college football playoff, make that next step where they where they have said for years that that's where they want to be, then I'll then I'll buy into it. So right now I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm I'm very tempered in my enthusiasm for Texas, just because I I I've grown up with it, man, and I've seen it happen where you think, oh, this team is back, and then they implode. So I like them, but I got to see more, Bill. Buck, we'll see you next week, sir. All right, man. Take care. There he is. Charles Arbuckle does a fantastic job. Griff at the top of hour two. Gator Dave also in that second hour. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning as traffic volume really starts to increase on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in right now from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County towards Nashville. A little bit busy already down certain sections of I-65 through Millersville. It's picked up with more volume uh, there at the Jolton exit. Keeping an eye on that uh, 24 eastbound at Whites Creek Pike. Watching that traffic coming in right now from Clarksville. Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Order online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Jackson Boone Racing. The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing. Dino and Friends is a fine dining restaurant located in Nashville's prestigious West End. It features an elegant presentation and exceptional service. One of the first non-alcoholic restaurants in Nashville. They pride themselves in professional and courteous service. A popular choice among locals and tourists alike. If you're in town for the ball game or you're just visiting with friends, Dino with Friends is the preferred location for those seeking a rich, modern restaurant with serene atmosphere and top-notch guest experience. Your server will uphold the high standards of etiquette and hospitality 
hospitality and guides you through a unique dining experience. Enjoy the ambiance and reconnect with friends. Specialty dining will feature a set menu, a dedicated server, and a personal chef. Enjoy a delicious combination of meats and vegetables at a very affordable price. There's no place in Nashville like it. A unique experience. Come and have dinner with friends. 1719 West End Avenue. To make a reservation, call right now. 615-730-9559. Dinner with friends. A proud sponsor of TSU Football on WNSR. Woods Equipment Company would like to recognize and salute our veterans and local men and women in uniform. Let's remember them with our thoughts, prayers, and especially letters and packages from home. Our support will keep America strong. This important message is courtesy of Woods Equipment Company at 600 Davidson Street in Nashville, where they feel our area is a great place to live and raise a family. Call Woods Equipment Company at 615-256-5639. The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all of the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The arena of ideas is now open for your telephonic interactions. 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Chicago. So, Bill, I'm sitting at Midway, which is my preferred airport in Chicago, not O'Hare. O'Hare does not like me. O'Hare waits for me and then mistreats me when I get there. Just don't like me. <laughs> That's one of the first times I ever met Von Broadnax is he met me there in Chicago and drove me to the hotel. He'd happened to be in town. He sent me a message this is back, heck, 15 years ago or something. Maybe, well, maybe not that. About 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, Vaughn met me up there and uh, took me to the hotel. Right there in that nasty Chicago traffic. No Kev said Bill sitting at Midway, heading to Phoenix, listening to the show. Appreciate that, No Kev. Always appreciate his support. I was looking. Just at the names of the quarterbacks so far. Again, this is going to get more plentiful. And just to repeat, officially, Monday is the day for the portal opening. 30-day window this year. The first one, 15 days in the spring. Will Rogers, Mississippi State. He's a good quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke, the U, is in there. And there's a couple of other ones. Brendan Soresby from 
IU. I skipped over him earlier. Who else am I skipping over at quarterback? There's Tyler Shuck from Texas Tech. Max Johnson, A&M. Go back through, though. What have I always said? Obviously, if you want a quarterback and you need to plug somebody in, the portal would be good. But my favorite portal position, because I have learned through many centuries of doing this, that getting your hands on dudes regarding the defensive line is an absolute golden item if you can get them. And last year, the main guy, the number one guy was Braden Fisk. Everybody wanted. And remember, he visited Notre Dame. He's from about 40 minutes from the Notre Dame campus. I believe he visited, didn't he visit Southern Cal, visited various, but Florida State got him. Visited Florida State and fell in love. He was the number one guy a year ago. And we'll see how this looks. This is, again, early. The number one rated player, this is 24-7 to date. Now, this is to date of the players who have named is Joey Slackman, a defensive lineman out of Penn. He's 6'4", 300 pounds. And apparently he's already got 25 offers from big names all over the planet. Joey Slackman out of Penn. Number two they have, receiver Raymond Cottrell out of Texas A&M. Will Rogers is number three. Let's see who else we have in here. There is Thor Griffin, or I, I should, let me re-pronounce that. Thor Griffith, like Mike Griffith, same last name, not related. Thor is out of Harvard. He is 6'4", 320. Now, that's the kind of guy, and Notre Dame, I believe, has reached out to him. That's the kind of guy Notre Dame can get. It's hard for them to take in transfers at any point. It's very difficult. Academically and other reasons, it's very hard. That's the kind of guy they could get in. Didn't Notre Dame take a defensive lineman out of Harvard a year ago? Big 320-pound kid who actually rotated at the D-tackle position, I believe the three technique. I forget the kid's name. That's the kind of guy they get. That they can get. I don't know where Thor Griffith's going. I'm just saying that's the kind of guy they can receive and not have to worry about admissions and all the various hoops you got to jump through to make things happening. Jonathan down in Ocean Springs. Early in the year, Bill, you said Alabama would have to go get. Yeah, I emphasize it. I said they have to go get a quarterback in the portal. Bill, earlier in the year, you said Bama would need to go into the portal because Miro wasn't good enough. With Miro's improvement and him returning, do you think they'll go to the portal? No. The only way they would go to the portal if it's some veteran who just wants to be part of the team. And I don't think – think about it. Think about that quarterback room. He's right, and I think we've all watched it. Miro's come a million miles. And Tommy Reese, give him and that staff credit for finding out what his formula is, what his skill set is, and they've matched it, Right. They've done a fantastic job of that. They've, they've solved the riddle, right? You've got Milrow. You've got, and I I don't know what Tyler Buckner is going to do, but he's never going to play there. I think we know that by now. 
You've got Ty Simpson. I don't think he's going to be their starting quarterback at any point. I think it's going to be one of those young quarterbacks like the young man that everybody's talking about out of Georgia who actually got some reps a couple of games ago. That That's that's one. I don't know what Eli Holstein's going to do. And then you have the kid coming in, the five-star quarterback coming in from California. And they're in the top three probably for George McIntyre, one of the top two quarterbacks in the class of 25, along with the quarterback that's in Michigan. Yeah, George McIntyre right here in the 615 is one of the top two ranked 2025 quarterbacks in America. And they're, they're in that. They're in the finals. They're in the very bitter end for that one. I don't know that you take – you don't take a transfer quarterback right now. You, you're, you're, you're operating very well right now. You don't, you don't screw with that. So, no, I, I wouldn't I – wouldn't, I was very emphatic about it early. No question. The way they were playing, to me, it was dead on clear. You got to go get a transfer quarterback. Not now. Not now. That's a good question. Jim and Jupiter. Bill Braden Fisk has been awesome for the Knowles. He, I haven't noticed him much, but that doesn't mean anything. He, he plays a D tackle is not a heavy statistic position, right? Necessarily. I mean, it, it can be, but it's not necessarily a big stats position. But he's a big body who's twitchy. What do they list him? 6'5", 310 probably. He's athletic. And he absolutely can hold his own on the line of scrimmage. He'll be a solid pro. I tell you who is uh, a really big... Big body D tackle who had a, I think, a good year, and that's the kid uh, at Notre Dame, number 99. He had a really good year. Six five three ten. He's a pro. He's a he's an NFL dude. All right, we'll take a break. Coming right back. Presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Starting to really pick up with some more volume on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area as that traffic builds coming in from Murphy Sproul, Rutherford County towards Nashville. It's also a little bit crowded. Uh, Vietnam Vets uh, coming westbound there in Conference Drive as you get on that ramp to 65 south headed down through Madison. Still not bad. I-40 coming through Dixon County. Hey, don't miss it uh, this year, this holiday season, Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. Check them out online at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Do you want to work at the OG of Hot Chicken, Princess Hot Chicken Tanker? Outlet Mall, 4060 Cane Ridge Parkway, Suite 102 in Antioch. Princess is looking for fun, energetic, and friendly smiling faces as food runners and cashiers. They're also looking to create an amazing culinary team to carry on the Princess tradition. Interested in working in a great environment with great hourly wages? Submit a resume to Princess Hot Chicken AFH at gmail.com or fill out an application on the Princess Hot Chicken website. That's princesshotchicken.com. PrincessHotChicken.com 
We all know that Nashville life can get hectic. In the middle of all the madness that is life, don't forget to take care of yourself. Treat yourself to Nashville's ultimate relaxation experience at Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel. With services for men and women, Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel is your one-stop shop for full body treatment. Begin your experience in the exquisite relaxation room, then enjoy a full body treatment or even a couple's massage before finishing in the salon. Located on the fourth floor of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Makara Spa is Nashville's highest quality self-care oasis. To book your experience or gain information on packages, call Makara Spa today at 615-761-3600. Again, 615-761-3600. Or log on to theomnihotel.com. And with every booking, you'll have free valet parking and rooftop pool access to enjoy the Music City skyline. And through Labor Day, enjoy the fourth floor spa terrace for only $20. Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Oh, oh, uh, open that one. It's from me. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Best gift ever! Wait, these tickets are already scratched. Yeah, it was me. I was just so excited. But look, we won! Tis the season for epic cash prizes. This year, give the most winning gift of all. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, what game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. The Jim Rome Show. Man, I love Facebook. That's not in any way a time suck. It is such a valuable use of your time going on everybody else's page and posting how beautiful they look when they don't. They don't. You know they don't. Come on. Anyway, do what you want with your time. I don't want you to tell me how to spend my time. I won't tell you how to spend your time, but I will tell you this. Stop cropping out pictures and including yourself and then acting like, hey, my hair looked great that day. My makeup was perfect that day. Just do what I tell you. With regards to this, you'll be fine. Weekdays from 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio. Or text the best college football radio show in the history of humankind. 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. SEC schedules for next year. Here's Georgia. You ready? Opener, Clemson in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium right there next to the downtown Omni, which is absolutely a relative of the Omni right here in Nashville that we talk about so much. We'll be there Friday doing the show first Friday. Of every month, also commitments coming up in a couple of weeks as well. That'd be the 14th and the 15th of December at the Omni. Opener for Georgia, Clemson at Mercedes-Benz. Then a team from Cookville, Tennessee. But if you're from there, it's Cookville. Tennessee Tech, the Golden Eagles come to Athens. Game three. Georgia at Alabama. Yes. Regular season, September 28th. Georgia at Bryant-Denny Stadium, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. 
Guess what Georgia gets to do next? I'm jumping around here. I don't have all the actually that's this is not in precise order. Now the first three were well, the first two were. But it about a three weeks later. Check that because I I didn't know the dates were scattered here. So chose check me on that. Clemson is the opener true. Next game is home to Tennessee Tech. Two weeks later, they go to Alabama. Check that. September 28th, yes. Then about three weeks later, they go to Texas and play at Darrell K. Royal Stadium in Austin, Texas. Texas Memorial Stadium. November 2nd is the Red, I was about to say Red River Shoot, (laughs) the cocktail party. And other games they have. They've got Auburn in Athens. They've got Mississippi State. Now, I don't see these dates aren't, at least where I'm looking here, not posted yet. They've got Tennessee at Sanford Stadium, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss. They do go to Vaught Hemming Race. So they're road games of note. Georgia next year. They got to go to Alabama. They got to go to Texas. They got to go to Ole Miss. They also go to Lexington. Take a look there. Where are potential problems for Georgia? As a roster, Georgia is still going to be better than all those teams right there we just listed. As a roster. I would list them ahead of all those teams. We just now Alabama is every time we see them, and and obviously they had to pull one out. But Alabama has come a long way this year. This this particular team, and Texas right now is eleven and one. Texas absolutely has had a fantastic year. Unclear whether they get into the playoffs or not, but. Next year, the follow-through will be more confirmation. We'll need the follow-through, y'all. I'm a big follow-through worshiper. That means I demand it. I absolutely demand it. I need to see the follow-through for any team. doesn't matter which team it is. Show me. Show me what you've got. Do it one year, that's good. No, no, no. You get credit for that one year. But to confirm things, you have to do something even more difficult than the original ascension, and that is the follow-through. Georgia's already confirmed the follow-through. They've done it (laughs) quite a few times now. Not worried about Georgia. Alabama has historically proven that they're fine with showing you the follow-through. Most teams aren't. Jim in Jupiter. Bill, in that opener at Mercedes-Benz, Georgia will punk this faltering Clemson squad. There's a pretty significant roster difference top to bottom right now between Georgia and Clemson. All right, we'll take the break. Top of the hour. Griff coming up. Mike Griffith, HAC's Dog Nation. <laughs> 